Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Grace of a Military Child in Life. Today, I'm here with Caitlin, who is an Air Force brat. So welcome to the podcast, Caitlin. How's it going? Hi, it's going good. Thank you for having me. I said it earlier. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me what it's like growing up a military child and Air Force brat. What's it like for you? Um, Honestly, I think growing up as an Air Force brat is like, well, basically as a military brat, you know, yeah, you get to experience different cultures. You get to um, connect with people that you wouldn't have connected with if you were to say a civilian child. And I mean, you really get to have these experiences that, you know, other people don't get to have. Right. And I love that you mentioned, you know, the experiences, the different cultures, meeting people, Mm -hmm. because when you boil it down, that's really the the root of military life as a whole whether Mm -hmm. you're a service member spouse or kid yeah yeah exactly um and I mean that really um you grow up with a sense of cultural understanding um as a military kid because you're just exposed to it all the time I mean like you never really consider people as different from yourself because you know in the end we're all the same, I guess, because we're all connected by the same experiences as military kids. Um, and I mean, when you're growing up like overseas, like uh, like I spent part of my childhood in Korea, right? So if you're surrounded by all these people that speak a different language, but welcome you into their community, you don't really see them as different, I guess. You just see them as people that are part of your community. Right. And you learn to adapt that culture and that culture. We're so culturally rounded and I love that whether you only get to live in the states or whether you get to explore places like Korea or Japan Mm -hmm. or uh, Germany or wherever else and so it's so special to to be able to just experience that and you know extend your idea of what it's like you know Mm -hmm. just living in the states yeah and I mean, also, like you said, if you are just a military kid that just lives in the States, it also really gives you, I don't know, a deeper sense of understanding to move yeah. around and meet people from different places. Like just staying in one town your entire life. I mean, there's not much diversity there and there's not much outreach, I guess. Yeah. you. Everyone, especially like small town USA, everyone grows up there. Mm -hmm. Everyone lives there. Everyone like retires there, grows their family there. A little out of order there, but everyone, (laughs) you know, is born and dies in the same town for the most part. And so um, I love that, you know, we're able to be born in one country or one place, move around you know, 10 plus times, you know, sometimes. And then Mm -hmm. it's hard to pick where you want to go afterwards. But, you know. Definitely. definitely. That's what I'm struggling with right now. Yeah, Um, it's such a challenge. Yeah. I think um, when I was at the 
NMFA State of the Military Family, Shireen Brown actually mentioned something really interesting to me. She said that most military kids that she's met say that they want to go to school overseas. Like they want to continue their like college career overseas. And then afterwards they want to stay overseas, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I've never really heard of that before, but that's really interesting. And it sounds, it sounds something like a military kid would do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely want to go overseas, but you know, yeah, you have to think realistically. Just studying abroad too, or mm-hmm. taking an extended vacation overseas somewhere else. There's so many yep. different opportunities. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like, um, you know, you if you're a military kid and you're living overseas for half your life, you're obviously gonna have some really good memories there, and you're gonna have some really good memories in the states. And like, if you're if that's your home, if overseas is your home. If you grew up there, then there's no point in saying you have to stay in America. I guess if you get what I'm saying, like, if America isn't your home, I mean, like, because I don't know, we grew up all over, all around the world, I guess. So, like, your definition of home could be something different than, you know, civilian counterpart. The hardest question that I feel is often asked to, Military kids, military families in general is where is home? Because we tend to not have a solid answer for that. Yeah. 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 Home can be where you're born at. Home can be where, for me, like I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. I spent a lot of my childhood there. And then we moved to San Antonio, Texas. And then Mm -hmm. I spent from ages nine to 12 there, which are really big years, you know, thinking <laughs> of your, your childhood. And then my teenage through high school, through college, through young adulthood is spent in Florida. And so it's like formative years are spent in each place. So it's like, how do you even pick home between three places? Exactly. And I mean, like you said, if it's split across like everywhere then like you really don't know where your direction is and I feel like that's something that military kids turned into young adults um struggle with in the future I mean struggle with just in general yeah and you know your family could be from one area and I mean military families if you grew up in a military family your parents could be in I don't know, Virginia, you could be living in like literally everywhere. And so if you Mm -hmm. grow up in a civilian family, it's a little easier to say, hey, this is my family. This is where I grew up. This is home Um, rather than moving all over and then trying to trying to pick your home. But home, there's the saying that goes home is where the military sends you. (laughs) And so that's (laughs) that's so true. I've seen that on one too many signs, you know. The signs yes. that people keep in their houses with their <laughs> duty stations underneath it. Yeah, it's so cute. But yeah, they're, it's so hard to pick. And I don't know. I know somebody who is just, just enlisted in the military what feels like yesterday, but in reality is like five years ago and they've already lived. Oh, wow. And, you know, I think they're on their third or fourth duty station right now. So, oh, wow. you know, you can move around quite a bit within a short period of time between months and years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, you said something like a couple sentences ago um, about like your family being all over the place too. 
Yeah. I feel like in the military community, your family is like, you know, people that you pick up at different places because you really make those connections when you're new to a place and you know no one. And then suddenly um, these people welcome you. And then, you know, you're spending every day with them. You're trying to make the most of it for however many years are there. And that really like forms strong connections, I think. And that's what really makes the military community your family or the people around you in your military community your family. Yeah, I love that. And military is your chosen family. You have your mm-hmm. your blood family and some people don't have the best relationship with their actual family. And so it's more important, you know, going through and picking up those family members along the way of mm-hmm. like, these are my siblings. Like, seriously, I call, uh, we have friends and I literally say that they're, they're my brothers that I never had. <laughs> and so, you know, you find people who are like your siblings, you find you know, as kids, we find our second parents, you know, and so you oh, go yeah. along and you pick up these people who are nowhere near being related to you, but instantly take you in and take you under your wing, under their wing and bring you in like family. Yep. Um, I know we definitely have a lot of my parents' friends who we call um, aunt and uncle. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so crazy because if you try to explain that to a civilian person and say hey no these this is my family um they i don't look like them at all but they're literally my family mm-hmm. and it's it's confusing you know to them who doesn't understand it and maybe they grew mm-hmm. up in a situation even if it wasn't military where they have you know that extended family but they it's so hard to understand the relationships you grow with somebody within, you know, maybe a couple weeks before they move or you move. And mm-hmm. it's such a special relationship that's so hard to describe. Definitely. It's like you don't know what it is until you've experienced it. Because, you know, if you haven't experienced it, then you just don't know. Yeah. You have to have that firsthand experience to be able to understand and it's so hard to to convey that to somebody who doesn't, but I love that connection that military kids, military families can have mm-hmm. based off of just something so that seems so simple but means so much. Yeah. 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 And so you do some work with Bloom. I and do. So tell me about that, how you got involved and what it's been like. Um, okay, so I first got involved, not necessarily involved, but I first found out about Bloom when COVID started. Yeah. Um, I was moving from England back to the US um, and I was having a really hard time because it was COVID. I knew no one. Um, I couldn't talk to my friends, you know, in person. It, it was a really hard time. So I went online and I looked for military teen resources and I realized that there were none. Right. <laughs> I was, I was like, Kind of shocked, but um, eventually, like after a lot of searching, I found Bloom. Um, and you know, like what really drew me in was actually the story templates. You know, the little would you rather? Yes. <laughs> I I was like, wow, that's the coolest thing ever. And and then like I was like, I need to be a part of this team. So um, summer last summer I applied, and um, I got in. So. Now I make TikToks for Bloom. I am the director of 
something communication sorry <laughs> matthew elena please i'm so sorry <laughs> um, yeah um i'm an ambassador i do a lot of work with bloom and bloom's really given me that platform to use my voice and you know make connections for other 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 military teens to let them know you know you're not alone and there's people here for you yeah and it's so important because often military you know kids and i've spoken to so many spouses who feel the same way but you know feel that you don't have a voice especially Mm -hmm. us kids who literally have no say in what goes on within your family life for a, Mm -hmm. a good chunk of it you can't necessarily walk up to the unit and say hey we want to go here (laughs) you know Um, you can't do that so we have no say in our parents career and where we go where we live what we do etc and so being able to have some sort of platform and like bloom to be able to have at least a little bit of a voice for military kids and be able to inspire the next generation of military kids is incredible Yeah, definitely. And I'm very glad that I can be a part of it. And I'm hoping that Bloom paves, you know, the road for other people to follow and be like, hey, you know, we can form organizations for military teens or we can form organizations for military kids. And, you know, there's organizations for military spouses, there's organizations for veterans and, like, you know, like, where's the support for military kids? I mean, we've spent, the military is all we've ever known. We spent we grew up in it and like when you get out or like um you know when your parents get out like it's really like what am I doing now that transition from active duty or even my dad was reserved so that transition from military life to retiree life especially like I was 12 when that transition happened for us and so that is the hardest transition you will ever face you know even talking about moves from, you know, California to Germany or, you know, to Japan or Korea, you know, those are challenging times being forced to move to a different country. That's hard times. Um, Adapting to the new culture, being accepted as an American in a new country. That's hard. Oh, yeah. Um, And so this is all stuff I've heard like secondhand because I've not experienced it. But, you know, (laughs) That transition's hard, but then once you step out of the life of a military, like an active military kid, it's it's the roughest transition. I have never been so so disconnected in my life before mm-hmm. leaving the military life. And we moved two hours away from a military base, which made it even harder because you're not surrounded by a community that you knew and so places like bloom um it's a military child life there's so many out there um that just aim to to connect those kids who you know no matter what situation you're in you're always a military kid yeah definitely i mean that's your childhood um i remember i saw this one quote the other day it was Something like growing apart doesn't mean that you didn't grow up together. And I really feel like that can be applied to military life. You know, like that's all you've known. And, you know, when you grow out of it, it's like, you know, you can't change the fact that you did grow up with it in the first place. Yeah. I mean, it's always going to be a part of you. So 
Right. And when you take it out, uh, you're left with this void that cannot be replaced by literally anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Luckily, I'm not there yet, but my dad is. My dad is retiring in the next two years, I believe. And this is the longest we've ever been at a place. We're in Virginia right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been challenging, you know, you know, yeah, just just waiting for, yeah, just waiting for a letter in the mail to be like, hey, you know, you're going to go to Germany or something. (laughs) You know, it never comes. Yeah. And you, like I said, you can't pick where you go. You can't pick what you do. Um, You just have to kind of literally orders are orders and you have to, to follow orders. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. What what are some of the challenges that you've experienced as a military child? Some of the challenges, um one challenge, well, a couple challenges I really think that I struggled with is the loneliness and, you know, my education. Yeah. Um the loneliness um because, you know, um you know, it really becomes a bad experience moving when there's no one there for you. Right. You know, if it if you ease into the transition, if you have a support system, you know, it's different because there are people there for you and there are people there to guide you. But when you're really, you know, doing it by yourself, entering a new school where you know no one, you know, your parents are struggling too, your siblings are struggling, everyone's struggling, you know, there's just a lot of bad energy all around. I can't think of a better word. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it really makes moving, like, not like, ooh, new place, yay. It's more like, oh, new place again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'd it's, say for... Hmm? It's so fun being able to move around and experience different places, experience new cultures and everything that comes with it. But it's so hard being the new kid every single time. Definitely. Yeah. And then you see your friends again and you're like oh I wish that life could just go back to the way it was I wish I could just go back yeah. um, you know to England or I wish I could just go back to Korea you know like yeah. yeah and you you miss those days and you can't get them back and even if you go back that was the hardest thing for me to understand leaving Texas was if you go back everyone that was once there is not there especially mm-hmm. if you're a year or two removed because bound to happen everyone moves again yeah um in england you know i lived on base in a military community and you know i say that the community is built to be impermanent so you know everyone there's there for um two to three years tops like i knew someone that was there for six months you know people don't really people come and go it's like a passing point in your career it's like a transition it's a transition period you know it's not there to be there forever yeah absolutely and you mentioned your education and a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't realize how much your education struggles as a military kid definitely I mean this sounds really funny but I never (laughs) learned my states oh my because of the gaps in my education yeah I mean there there are other things too but like you know when you're moving halfway through second grade from DODIA education back to the American school systems. And, you know, they've already covered that in first grade, but right. in the DODIA system, they were going to cover that in fourth grade. You know, it's a whole mess. Right. Um, I, what else? Yeah, I really struggled with square roots too, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds really funny, 
but um you know in england we were far ahead like we were doing um you know we we're in the dodia education system so we were doing higher level math we were moving through math really quickly but um when i came to america and did pre algebra i was missing like my prerequisites that i was supposed to know right. um so like i struggled with pre algebra but algebra i did fine because you know that's what that's what we did in england um, right and right now geometry i did fine because we already learned that in england yeah but yeah the even like i went to a public school in ohio and then transitioned to a dodea school in texas and so in ohio we learned math that was just to do just a simple multiplication we were told to draw little boxes with arrows (laughs) and add things and it was it was crazy um and so then when I went to Texas and didn't know how to do normal multiplication I literally skipped recess one day to sit down with my fourth grade teacher Mm -hmm. she could teach me how to do that and to do long division because they Mm -hmm. had already learned long division I had no clue how to do it I was still drawing circles and dividing like a thousand you know by drawing little tally marks in each circle And so it's just, you don't realize the gaps that you end up having in education. I learned all Mm -hmm. about Texas history being in Texas because when you're in Texas, that's what you learn. But then Mm -hmm. going to Florida, I'm learning world history now. I know nothing about even American history because all I learned was Texas history. So my American history does not extend beyond Texas borders. (laughs) And so you're forced to have to to quickly learn it all. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, definitely. Like, you don't realize how much you're missing until you really, you go to class and you realize the kids are, you know, 10 pages ahead of you and you're still figuring out like what one plus one is because you learned it different in your Dodia school. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes you'll be ahead and then you're sitting there and you're like, I already know all of this stuff. Like, can we move on to something else? And so you have have that balance of being so far ahead, but also being so far behind where you're just separated Mm -hmm. and you're like, I don't even know. Like you said, I don't know what one plus one is because we learned how to do it differently. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, definitely a different example, but you get what I mean. Yeah. No, even Mm -hmm. something... You know, just so simple as that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's like, yeah. yeah, I don't. There's so many different things that that military kids struggle with, and so many of them like are starting to get recognized, especially from places like Bloom, where it's just military kids saying this is literally our lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. But. You know, there's so many things like education that I don't think a lot of people even take into consideration. Uh, yeah, this definitely. is this is what we struggle with as military kids. Mm-hmm. And my mom actually brought up an interesting point the other day that I've just been thinking about. Um, would you think that it would be easier for military kids if they just stuck with the Dodia education their entire lives? Like they, even if they lived in the States, like far away, they were just allowed to go to Dodia schools. Yeah. I mean, it would make more sense because you're literally the same curriculum. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I've just been thinking about that a lot. But actually, I prefer DoDEA um, yeah. education curriculum over American. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I will definitely say that I learned more Spanish in my elementary school years in DoDEA schools than I do in high school. So Yeah. No, I think, you know, especially in DoDEA schools, it's like exposing you to more especially because we're so culturally rounded like we talked about earlier whether you're moving between countries or you know even just north versus south america <laughs> like you know mm-hmm. north versus south of of the actual states not the continents but um mm-hmm. you know being being somewhere in like i was in ohio and then moving and just spending the rest of my life in the southern states you know it's definitely is such a difference in in what yeah. you learn we learned something called everyday math in ohio and that is the most messed up math i could <laughs> ever <laughs> i could not put somebody through it and in ohio we didn't even learn history we didn't learn we were just beginning to learn science in mm-hmm. fourth grade which blows my mind thinking about it now um you know, when I left Ohio, we were learning about the weather. And mm-hmm. then, you know, when we moved to Texas, it's like, well, we've already learned about that in kindergarten, you know? Yeah. And yeah, so definitely. you learn so much more, I think. And because you're able to connect with other military kids in American schools, you're not necessarily guaranteed military kids. Um, yeah. But being in a Dodea school, it's just military kids. And so you're able to connect. And I think it helps increased learning at that point too yeah and I will say I have never felt like I was missing parts of my education when I went to Dodia schools because they really you know they really account for everything like they do I guess they do recounts of like you know subjects that were taught in previous years or subjects that are going to be taught you know like because if um me moving from Virginia to England I'm using England again because like you know that's what I remember the most yeah um but yeah moving from um America to England I never felt like I was missing something because they just went over everything so thoroughly and teachers would sit down with you and you wouldn't even realize that you were missing a beat until you had already caught up right and I think those teachers are willing to to sit down with you and be able to explain you know, very thoroughly what all you may have missed, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, going to those schools where they're used to to military kids coming through. They're used to kids who have missed parts of their education, you know, according to their curriculum. And there's just so much more understanding because you, they see this lifestyle that we're living every day. And so many of the Dodea teachers have some sort of affiliation to military life as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think she had any military affiliation. Um, Her son ended up joining, but my fifth grade teacher, she literally moved here from England. And so even though she may not be a military kid, she knows Mm -hmm. what it's like to move from, you know, another country to another country. And so, you know, she was able to relate to us on that aspect. And I mean, now her son has joined. I think that's like the the furthest military connection she has. But but still, those teachers are willing to understand what you're going through. And if they don't understand, Mm -hmm. they will sit down with you until they do understand. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. What What are some of the the opposites? What are some of the upsides that you've experienced in military life? Uh, some of the upsides, um, really being able to connect with people very fast. Um, I mean, I know um, I'm luckier than most military kids because I don't really have like that. I guess social anxiety. I mean, I do, of course, but that's not going to stop me from going out there and making friends. Yeah. Um, like being the new kid in school, like I can easily pick up five people the first day. Maybe they're not friends to last, but they're friends that are going to get me through the transition. You know, they just need to be there um, until, you know, I can get back on my feet and they may not know that they're even being there. They may just think, you know, I'm the classmate that I'm the, like I'm the new girl that they're doing a favor just by sitting and talking to every day, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it really gives you that, um, I guess, skill to. Yeah, you get really people's skills. People. And yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that even though, you know, everyone has some sort of social anxiety. We, we want to be alone. We want to, we don't want to talk to people. And I think military kids are just so different in that aspect of we're willing to be out there. We're, we're willing to connect and we're good at connecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say something else that I really liked about Dodia schools. Yeah. Is the sports. Yes. I don't like that they didn't allow middle schoolers to play sports, um, <laughs> but I like the high school sports. I was never on a high school Dodia team, but it was so cool, like watching our football team fly all the way to Germany to go and play like one football game and lose because our football team sucked. But it's okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> the experience. You know, it's what happened that matters. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I just, you know, I wish I could have been. I wish I could have stayed overseas so that I could, you know, experience stuff like that. Um, You know, you come back to the States and sports are a lot more competitive. It's not like, oh, you lose. That's fine. We still love you guys. It's like the football team over at my school. Like um, we lost so bad. We were on national news. Uh, It was like a hundred. It was a hundred and eighteen to like 15. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, like no one likes them. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean. The schools are a lot more accepting about that. Yeah, we are so competitive here. And I think, you know, even that connection aspect or aspect of, <laughs> you know, being able with Dodia schools of just connecting, you know, going all the way to Germany. Who says that they go to Germany to play a game? You know, exactly. And so I think just being able to go over there, being able to connect with those kids is is just as good as a win would ever be Mm -hmm. if not more exactly like you got to go and i mean like sleep on a miserable bus miserable bus for like 24 hours but like i don't know you get to experience germany yeah (laughs) and i think germany is on the bucket list for every military kid that they want to move to um Mm -hmm. but (laughs) it's so hard to get there apparently um, because there are so many people who just want to move there and never get the chance to move there. Yeah, but I would say that like, you know, sports teams over here, it's like you have to be top at the top. You have to be ranked number five in the state to even get a chance to try out for the team. The DS schools, right. it's like you heard of soccer on the news, like you can play soccer, like you yeah. can do whatever you want. Yeah, they're they're willing to give you a shot. Mm-hmm. And say okay well if you fail then you fail like 
you you tried. That's yeah, all you no can baby. do. Yeah. And especially because we're so transient, we're so in and out and moving and you never know. Like mm-hmm. and you might not have those top players in you know that area for that season and so you just take what you can and there are so many people who do want to at least try so Mm -hmm. giving everyone a shot is is something that is very unique yeah definitely yeah and so what what advice would you give to another military kid um excuse me sorry (laughs) advice i would give would definitely be make those connections with people and um i mean learn to move on i guess after you leave a duty station because you know it's always good to reminisce and like remember where you came from remember the people that got you there but right you know you can't do anything if you're stuck in the past all the time and at some point military life will be just you know a memory and it can't be I guess, you know, like something that is a part of you every day. I mean, of course, it's going to be a part of you, but, you know, it's going to be a different part of you. It's going to be a part that you look back on, not a part that you look forward to. Yeah. Um, If you're stuck in in one state and that you haven't lived in for three years, it's going to be hard to move on. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I would also say like the biggest piece of advice that I can give is like allow yourself to feel sad you know like you just like if you're moving like across the world like it's not like oh you know I'm immediately gonna get back up on my feet like you know like I don't care about them whatever it's like you know because I know a lot of military kids that have done that and you know it impacts them negatively in the future because they're like why can't I get over this and it's because like you know you didn't feel it in the first place so yeah you have to give yourself the space to to be happy that you're, you know, going somewhere else and being able to to enjoy another duty station and sometimes even another country. But it sucks moving. It's hard. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for some of the the hard things that we go through and those trials that we face because it it is hard and you have to give yourself the space to to feel sad, to get over it, to grieve it. Because like you said, it will catch up to you later on in life and Mm -hmm. it will be even harder than it once was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like all military kids have just that one duty station that they just can't let go of. Yeah. And it could be one of those first duty stations and you could be 10 duty stations in now and still, you know, holding on to that one. And, you know, that's okay. You can have mm-hmm. have those memories. It's never going to go away. Um, but you have to be grateful for the time that you had there and moving on somewhere else. And I did not understand that for, for a solid period of my life. But... Mm-hmm. You know, moving on is important and you have to go through those changes and those challenges to get to to wherever you're supposed to go next. Exactly. Like, I mean, you can't be happy in your current situation if all you're doing is like you're looking at the past. Like you're like in a whole new place. Like be I'm not gonna tell you to be happy, but you know, like look for the good, look for the opportunities, you know. Yeah, I love um we did resiliency training with part of 
uh, teen council. And one thing they taught us was to hunt the good stuff. And so every day at the end of the day, you sit down and you find three things that happened that that were good, even though if it was the worst day of your life, there's always at least three good things that that happened. And it might take some time to think about it, but I think that can be applied to everything. And, you know, it was part of Army resiliency training. That's, you know, what they teach their soldiers. And so it's so important to, I think, teach the kids and the family members some of those same things, um, mm-hmm. you know. I always hear from service members that the military takes all of your emotions away. You know, when you're in the the mode of being a service member, it's whatever happens, happens. I can't do anything to stop it. Like, I don't have mm-hmm. any hurt feelings towards this or anything. Um, because if you do put emotions into it, that's when lives are seriously on the line. Um, but I think... For us military kids and family members, we have to to be able to learn to separate our emotions from it for at some point, but also learn how to healthily cope with those emotions at the same point. Because if you're living through that life of, all right, well, I moved across the world. No biggie, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That, that's it is a it's biggie. It's, it is a biggie. Like, it is a biggie. Your yeah. package it or your... um all of your household goods and are packed up in boxes and literally sitting on a boat right now. Could be yeah. another six six months before you see them or you could never see them again. Like that's a big yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast and share your story and you know, the incredible things that you've been through and the incredible work you're doing with Bloom helping other military kids. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. Um, I really had, I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.